that so many prominent men had gathered to talk about any animal, that is, since the days of dragons. They agreed that a wolf that killed from two to four cows in a month was worth a price. They laid $2,500 on the head of Grey Cloud, and thereby they turned him at a stroke into something that was both history and legend. You can still read the accounts of that meeting in a fine and flowing hand, written upon slightly yellowed paper and signed by the clerk pro tem. Morrissey, not so much for the money as for the sake of his honor, rebuilt his pack, bought four Russian wolfhounds, and tried again. His Russian wolfhounds were faster than the rest. They were so fast that they outdistanced the pack and came up neatly in pairs, perfectly matched one on each side of the monster. In Russia, they had been trained to close at the same instant on the quarry. They tried the same trick on Grey Cloud, and although he only killed one of the four, the other three were ruined for their business thereafter. Morrissey gave up the job and returned home without glory, and the Grey Cloud problem became a burning question. He had been lifted to the dignity of newspaper follow-ups, That is to say, the journals of the surrounding towns carried items about him every day, mentioning the last slaughters attributed to him, and always winding up, of course, with the amount on his scalp. It was the hard cash that made him the good news. As a matter of fact, hardly a week went by without revealing to some hungry cowpuncher or trapper a sight of the great wolf. Sometimes Grey Cloud was gliding off among the rocks, Sometimes he came up to the verge of campfires to study his enemies at close hand, as it were. He was always known, after his going, by the size of the prints of his enormous paws. Their dimensions were etched upon the memories of every boy and man on the entire range. Still, he continued to grow wiser and safer, and safer and wiser. He knew as well as you do the difference between a gun in the holster and a gun out of it. He knew, if they were to windward, whether men had guns or not. He nearly paid for his life with that knowledge, for Buck Wainwright of the Harry Smith Ranch got a rope on him one day when he ventured too rashly close, and might well have dragged the famous beast to death, except that the teeth of Grey Cloud were too sharp for the strands of the rope. That was another lesson, and he could be trusted to remember it. Yet for all his past, he went far down into the grasslands hardly a month later, for no other reason than because he was a little bored with the ease of his life. He wanted adventure, and he got it in the most unsuspected way. It was a rabbit that started the trouble. Gray Cloud, drifting cautiously over the ridge of a hill, for he knew the danger of showing himself against any skyline first made sure that there was not a sign of a human being in the wide hollow. Next, he saw a rabbit a hundred yards away, and the rabbit saw him. With the folly of its kind, it ducked down behind a tuft of high grass that grew up around a small stone, and there it waited with the quivering tips of its ears plain to see. Upon the folly of jackrabbits, most western beasts of prey make their dinners, and Grey Cloud started to stalk. It was not that he wanted the dinner, but that he wanted the game. A wolf that can catch a rabbit can also catch an antelope now and then, and Grey Cloud loved venison even more than he loved beef.
So he went down the slope into the hollow as softly as a silver cloud draws down the soundless blue arch of heaven. He came near to the tuft of grass. He gathered his legs under him. Through his limbs ran an iron tremor of strength. He was just ready for the spring that is the chief delight of hunting, when the rabbit happened to poke its silly head above the tuft of grass and saw fate smiling at it with a capacious set of white teeth. The rabbit and the wolf leaped at the same time. The side slash of gray cloud missed its mark. He turned and rushed after the dissolving streak of tan. It was not that he had the least hope of overtaking that little flash of dim lightning. It was merely because his muscles needed the tuning of a bit of hard running. Also, he was irritated. So he sprinted a furlong, losing about as much distance as he covered, and then found himself.